death row when he got it. To another wonderful episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We are so excited to be bringing you a show we had the honor of taking in earlier this week. Joining us to talk to us about this great show called Bloody Fintown are the playwright and director, Gene Morgan, and the performers, Joshua Sorrell, Igor Reyes, and Alexander Toy. They're also part of a sketch comedy group called Fresh Out the Box, and they have a performance on February 23rd at the Players Theater. So you've got a great opportunity to see many of these performers from the show on the main stage at the Players Theater later in February. But for today, we are talking about this great show that just wrapped up its performance at the Players Theater called Bloody Fintown, a brilliant show about immigrant miners in a small town, as well as unions. It's a really gripping show, very well-told story. I think one that not a lot of people know about, so we are excited to have our guest tell us more about it. And that's a perfect way to bring on our guests. So Gene, Joshua, Igor, and Alexander, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you. Hello. Thank you so much. Oh, salute. Thank you. Thank you so, so very much for having us. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you all here. As I mentioned, the show was great. It was so much fun. Very powerful piece of theater and story you're all telling. I loved getting to spend you know, a little over an hour and a half with all of you. And I want to start with you first, Gene. You are a playwright and director. Can you tell us a little bit about what Bloody Fintown is about? So Bloody Fintown is the true story of the first group of immigrants to go on strike in this country in 1916, primarily Finnish immigrants in a small town in northern Minnesota, really outside of Duluth, Minnesota, where a community of Finnish people lived called Fintown. And during that protest, violence broke out between both the, between the union and the mining company, and I tried to bring that to the stage. It's amazing. Now, how did you come up with the idea to write this show? So this story has always been in my family. This, my great-grandfather participated in this strike in 1916, and I just felt that it's a part of history that's been forgotten. I'm very, and I'm very big on telling stories that have just not been told. Anybody is. And so I, I, you know, I just felt that like the story had to be told. And Amazing. Joshua, you're one of our performers. I'm curious to know, how did you come upon this piece? Well, so this, the first look at it we had was, what was the first read, Gene? About a year ago, just over a year? About, yeah, a little over a year. Yeah. So Gene and I have known each other for a while. We've been in Fresh Out the Box together. We were in the open mic scene for years and so we we had already done one dramatic production that was almost two years ago wasn't it i think yeah. omaha yeah two years ago yeah we did a play called omaha which was similarly about a, a localized story in in omaha nebraska and so when gene said he was working on another one and he didn't even give me a chance to say yes that's the funny thing he was like you're in it you're i have a role for you it was it, it was like I barely had a moment to even think to I <laughs> so I'm just I, I guess I'm soccer. The audition was you asked when the audition was and I'm like you don't have to audition you got the part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and and what he told me the pitch I believe what he said for Saku was approximately you get a few lines at the beginning of the play you start us off you set the tone and then immediately die 
And I was like, perfect. Yes. I get to be a ham and then just do transitions for most of the play. <laughs> so I was just like, yes, this is the exact amount of Josh work. I get to be on stage, you know, feeling out these weird little characters and these weird little lines for a few minutes. And what the, the craziest thing when we started putting together the cast for the opening, <laughs> I, I, I don't remember who exactly said this. I think it was actually Alex who said, Gene, you have comedians opening this dramatic tragedy. Is this, yeah. is this going to work? <laughs> it's, yes. it's, it's, so, and, and so that was, uh, something we had to feel out as it, when we did the first few readings, because I, I had some, you know, I've done a little bit of acting back in school here and there, and obviously I've acted with Fresh Out the Box, but going from something trying to be serious that has humor to being a, to doing a full on comedy is obviously very different. And so I, I wanted to try and, you know, rein in whatever exaggerated tendencies that I have, but doing the opening, uh, I love doing the opening. It's, you know, it's this good, solid exchange. And I, I'm a big believer that a strong opening is maybe more important than like a lot of other things in there. Once you, you not only do you have to hook the audience, but also you have to establish tone, themes, location, like we open the play, you, you don't even know where you are. We don't even directly say it's in Minnesota. Should we have mentioned that it's in Minnesota? No, they figure it out pretty early on when, yeah. <laughs> it comes up. Yeah. Yeah, it comes up. That is fantastic. I love how how this, this show has kind of been written, how it came up with and how you all kind of fell into it. And I now want to bring on Igor Reyes, another performer. And I'm curious to know how, oh, what has it been like developing Bloody Fintown? It's been really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very, for lack of better words, like a very downer play. So like a lot of rehearsals like have been in, in like, it's been part like finding the serious moments and like getting through them. But it's also been like really like, you know, encouraging and funny and what I love is that my character Harold isn't in it a lot, but he has a lot of like good moments, which I really appreciate from him. I, I think he's the one who like convinces the main character to finally like go on strike or like to bring everybody to the union meetings. And he's also just like this old grizzled guy. But those are a lot of like moments I found like when we started the show, like that first week, I found like more and more pieces of the character. And like now I feel like he's in like he, he's in a good place like fleshed out fully and i think that's i think that's the case for like a lot of the other characters too because it's it'd be really fun to just like do the show and then like just go to the bar or like go wherever afterwards and just talk to everybody about like oh you know what's your relationship with this guy like oh i noticed your relationship with, with this character and that character like oh you have a lot more stake than like you're putting out there so it's been really fun to like you know do the show and just like discover more and just like implement that into like the next show and like just like literally just hammering that sword and making it sharper, like each each performance. I think, yeah, I think we can cut the world in half at this point. It's so good. Love that. Finally, I want to bring on our other guest, Alexander Toy, who's also a performer in the show, most notably playing the role of the deputy. 
What has it been like developing the show for you as well? It's been a, and this is such a cliche term, it's been such a wild ride. <laughs> a lot like a lot like Josh, you know, I, I, I've been performing with Gene with Fresh Out the Box for several years. I've been, I've, I've been a, a comedian for 12 years and I, I make it a point constantly to say, I'm, I'm not an actor, I'm a comedian. And there is such a huge difference between that. And to come into a performance like this with people who are what I call capital A actors, as someone who, you know, is used to performing in bar basements at 2 a.m., and then having to turn out a performance that will get me zero laughs. It was really difficult for the first couple of weeks, uh, months even. Gene, while we were going through rehearsals and he was directing everything, he, he did have to call me out and tell me, I need you to stop making jokes. And that was <laughs> one of the hardest notes I've ever had to take because it's who I am as a person. But I, I, I think I pulled it off. There's a, there's a scene in the, in the late second half of the show where... I, I, I believe this is a direct quote of Gene's where he needed me to be even more of an asshole. And that was so, I, I don't think I'm an asshole in, in real life. I, I, I might be, no, but you're that's lovely. not the point. But but going that far deep, and it, it reached a point where I was just screaming at another character, just like, like no no emotions, only anger. And, and, and it took a couple rounds to get me to that place. It was, it, this has been such an interesting journey for me as someone who is so used to making, uh, at least trying to make people laugh, to, to really look at the other side of, you know, acting. I love that. I love that inside story. <laughs> well, Gene, coming back to you as, again, the playwright and the director, mm -hmm. what is the message or thought you hope that audiences take away from this show? Ooh, good question. Well, <laughs> one note that I keep on getting from this is like, wow, this is so relevant to today. That wasn't what I hoped for <laughs> at all. It's funny because, you know, with, you know, the actor actors going on strike and all these, you know, the writers going on strike and everything, everybody's been coming up, you know, asking, saying, wow, this is so relevant to today. And that's unfortunate. That's so sad that a play from 1916 about going on strike is still relevant to today. I guess what I hope people get from this, I hope this history isn't forgotten. I hope that the characters that I brought to life. These are real people that lived. Uh, Elizabeth Flynn, played by Wesley Cady, is an actual person. You know, I want these people to be remembered, both the good and the bad people, including James Alcott. You know, they should not be forgiven for how they treated their workers, their their employees. So that's what I want is, you know, I want to shed a light on this history that's just been swept under the rug. Igor, how about you? What message or thought are you hoping audiences take away? Ultimately, I feel like Buddy Fintown is just like a message of like hope. And like, even when we lose, we still get away with a win. Because like this is, yeah, it ends on a downer note of like, oh, all these people perished and the big bad is still out there. But it also doesn't feel like it just ends there because, you know, life keeps moving on and like with this history you know out and about like elizabeth flynn wesley's character in the end says it too like the people won't forget what you did here and that's such a resonant thing because we're seeing injustices every day like almost like something huge happens every day and it's such 
it's it's just nuts. I I think the messages here are just like have hope and don't forget the sacrifices made here. I love that. I, I love both of those ideas that you both have shared. Although it happened in 1916, you know, it's, you know, yeah. what is it, over 100 years later, this message is very relevant at a time like this. So love those. Joshua, I want to start with you on my final question for the first half. Wow. That is, who do you hope have access to the show? Oh, who do I hope? Oh, that's always such an interesting question when you ask, uh, you know, uh, about one's audience, because sometimes you don't always know. But I like to think that many stories, especially if there's an important historical context, is for everyone. I mean, I'm a union man myself, DC 37, baby. That's a, a New York State employees, you know, and this what's fascinating to me and not just the show's politics is that it it opens up this this drama to people because sometimes very often in our oversaturated world of information there's a lot of not just ideas but a lot of feelings that get trampled over by by I don't know by modernity one could say but that you know that we can open up an audience to very important issues of not just labor rights, but about trying to to feel to to empathize and and really to to get inside a character's head or a character's skin. And what what fascinates me about the show is is so much of the family drama because when I'm just backstage, listening to Matt and Everett go at it as members of the Rayamaki family, you know, you, you, you kind of get this, this sense of, of feeling the conflict between the two brothers, because as, as much as the union versus management is the struggle, the underlying narrative thread is, is between the brothers themselves. And if you can put as much emotion and 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 emotional conflict into that to make people feel how this this tears people apart in in multiple angles and multiple ways that is such an important and often very very difficult thing to express so yeah i'd like to think that everybody can have access to this to this story you know not just people from certain ways of life or certain creeds or certain regions because you know we're we're talking about a not only as everyone has said that parallels union struggles today but also a very specific exploited class of people in a very specific region what i love about gene writing this is little things about uh, you know uh, Finnish culture because I, I myself understand no Finnish whatsoever and so I said I had to ask him like, what does that line mean you know and it'd be like oh it's you know it's, how can you do this in in Finnish and, and and opening up the characters as much as you can and putting in as much work as you can I think it, it is is the hardest thing to 
express to the audience, perhaps more so than than just telling the story as best as you can. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Wrapping us up on this first part, Alexander, how about you? Who do you hope have access to Bloody Fintown? Everybody. I, I, that, that, that's, I, I say this also as the, uh, as the person who will eventually upload the video of this to the internet because we, we, we are recording the show. Uh, it'll be available somewhere down the line. It is an important story. And I have a lot of friends right now who are working in non-union situations who would really love to change that. And watching the struggles that they've been going through for the last several years has been extremely difficult. Watching as the company that they work for has really forced anti-union, you know, b- behavior on them, and it, it, it's it's wild. Just like my co-actors have have said, like it, it's it, it's wild that a show from nineteen six that takes place in nineteen sixteen is still relevant today, and I, and I say that with recognition to to my friends who are who are working working to form unions to my friends who have been affected by by the writer strike and the actor strikes this is a this is a story for everybody and it's not always an easy story to watch and i, I say that as someone who very openly hasn't seen a non-superhero movie since 2008 <laughs> second part of our interview we love to let our listeners get to know our guests a little bit more and i want to start by asking a few of you what or who inspires you what playwrights composers or shows have inspired you in the past or are just some of your favorites and gene i actually want to bounce back to you and start with you on this one. Oh gosh oh man okay so i <laughs> who inspires me the cliche answer is my parents. <laughs> we'll start Aww. there. Yeah. But <laughs> artist-wise, I have always been a fan of, and Toy will agree with me on this, I will, I've always been a fan of Patton Oswalt. He is so creative. I love everything he does. I think he's fantastic. Playwright-wise, I don't, I can't think of many. And I guess director-wise, I love anything that, Film-wise, I guess I love anything Martin Scorsese touches. But if we're talking about inspirations for this play, I highly, highly, highly ask anyone uh, or anyone who can. I love the movie Matawan, spelled M-A-T-E-W-A-N. So good. It's about uh, coal miners in West Virginia going on strike. I can't James Earl Jones and Chris Cooper. That was a huge inspiration for me to make this play. So, yeah. Those, that Yeah. <laughs> That is a wonderful list. I love that. Mm-hmm. Alexander, I want to jump to you and also find out your inspirations. What who inspires you? Well, I, I guess, look, I won't say Patton Oswalt, I guess. And Gene kind of took that one from me. But I, I, it's all right. Again, this is really my first experience as, as a doing a serious role. I, I, I am primarily a comedian. So, and, and, and I looked at, I looked at comedians when I was doing this who had played quasi-serious roles in films and and 
y'all are going to think I'm ridiculous saying this. My One of my biggest inspirations for this role was George Carlin in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I love George Carlin as a comedian. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is obviously a very silly movie, but George Carlin's role, Rufus, in that movie, where he was functionally playing a cop dealing with these two silly boys. And if that's not Deputy Sheriff James Myron, I don't know what is. But he, as a comedian, he is one of my greatest influences, both for stand-up and, I guess, acting at this point. I, I, I'm going to get on the the kind of sappy horse right now and, and say one, one of my greatest influences and, and, and inspirations for, for, for comedy is also my, my friend Gene. He, Aww. like, the, the fact that he wrote this and, <laughs> and, and his previous play, Omaha, where, like, this was a guy that, you know, I, I, I have seen him perform stand-up comedy in backyards during the pandemic in bar basements beforehand and 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 working with him as a comedian has been a treasure but working with him on this again sad bad show has really let me see a, a, another side of him and it, it's it's been a beautiful journey working with him on this thanks man, thanks, man. i yeah. didn't tell him i was gonna say that <laughs> that's really touching thank you it's so lovely. I love that. Igor, I want to ask you, what is your favorite part about working in the theater? The people. <laughs> I I just I love my friends and that I've made. Like I love Toy, Josh, and Gene. They they're all so funny and so hardworking. And they're like they're they're really like the cream of the crop when it comes to like theater and just like people in general, you know. I guess my favorite part is just the the connections you make and what you can like give out to the audience and like what you receive from the audience. Cause I, yeah, I think live, live theater, like, and I, with the comedy show too, with Fresh Out the Box, it's such an amazing and thrilly, thrilling feeling to go out there, tell a joke. And when the joke hits, it's like electric, man. The last show we did, and it's so like they they got they inspired me to start like writing too like writing sketches and stuff, like and that's such a wonderful feeling because like I wrote something in our last show, and it's online wink wink, <laughs> I, I wrote something on my last show and I was kind of shaky about it but like once it got on there and like I I have nothing but trust for everyone in it, like like Toy played the judge like Josh and Gene were in the jury, it, it's a judge sketch and it. It, it never it never ceases to amaze me like the things they can pull out of what you create to just make it like twenty times funnier. I yeah, it, it's a long run. Like just this is a long run run to say like I just love like being on stage and like giving out and like receiving from the audience and like having such like a intimate personal connection with like the people I'm on stage with and the people who are like receiving the acting I'm giving. That is so wonderful. I love the amount of support that you exist in. And I love that that's one of your favorite things. That's so wonderful to hear. Thank you for sharing that. Finally, rounding us out with this is Joshua. Joshua, what is your favorite part about working in the performing arts or in the theater? Yeah, one of my favorite parts is all the things that surprise me. Because sometimes we'll be doing a show, we'll be putting together an idea, and one of the things that's changed my thinking about not just performing and writing, but kind of producing works all together is 
sort of the devil in the details because often I'll be writing a sketch or I'll have an idea and I think like the first draft is perfect. I'll think it's like, oh, this is brilliant. It's going to kill. So, but unfortunately, when we do a read through, having that kind of almost like top down kind of style of creating something doesn't always work because there's always little contradictions. It's like, well, this sentence doesn't make this, this sentence contradicts this. So the thing that's brilliant about working with so many different people on different kinds of things is how little things change it, make it stronger, what have you. And something, a part of my philosophy it works better in comedy than drama, but it can be used in drama very strongly. I, I believe that characters who make me laugh, I care about them 10 times more if they make me laugh. That's just how I feel. And that's kind of a core philosophy of of how I try to do comedy. And it's all the little changes and little things you come up with on the way that make it special or unique or make it work rather than thinking you have one complete idea from the get-go because there's stuff i've tried to write beforehand that i thought was like genius I'm like oh this is gonna kill and it just does not make sense whatsoever because as the others will tell you i'm like if fozzy bear kind of made his jokes way too elaborate that's kind yeah. of and also didn't work but yeah it's, that's really the thing that to me is magic like there's stuff going on backstage that the audience doesn't see that I think is hilarious. All these little things that go into the whole production that form um, you know, different facets of a play or a, any kind of production and just all these little things that come together to make it, even if it's a drama, even if it's a tragedy in this case, there's still so many little moments that are either brilliant or hilarious or accidentally tragic or you know oh where's this prop it was like, like you know working together as a team and and trying to form something unique is is perhaps just as or more important than thinking you have one thing that's perfect wonderful well now we have arrived at my favorite question to ask guests and that is what is your favorite theater memory I just off the top of my head, the first Broadway show I went to, this it was, it was Cats back in 1997, I think. I think that was the first Broadway show I went to. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I think, yeah, it was Cats. Yeah, no, no I, I really liked Cats. I saw it three times in subsequent years after that. Because I, the, the you know, for as, as much as Cats doesn't make sense, and I think society has had to reckon with the existence of cats after the movie, <laughs> but no, the, the production itself is, is, is fascinating and just so weird. And what I also love is that the music is like creepy and mysterious. It's not like other musicals where the music is upbeat and we're doing a play. No, the, the melodies are all very minor, like minor keys or diminished keys. It's very spooky music, but it's just, which probably fits because it's cats is basically the wicker man reenacted with animals. I, I have to go with my favorite memory and it's recent, but taking fresh out the box to the comedy festival in South Carolina. Where we yeah. That was so much fucking fun. We did the new South comedy festival in where was it? Greenville, Greenville, South Carolina, Greenville, South Carolina. Greenville. 
And we were really nervous because we were going to South Carolina and we didn't know how a South Carolina audience would appreciate all these New Yorkers. And they loved us and we killed it <laughs> on stage twice. It was so vindicating. It was, yeah, it was so much fun. But like, you know, just hanging out with everybody and driving all the way down. Well, Igor and I drove. Yeah, I, didn't drive. I was in the backseat the whole time. We're in the backseat. <laughs> it was just like a lot of fun and getting to know this cast even more. It was great. It was it was great. It was great, great, great. I yeah, love those. <laughs> Two great memories so far. Who would like to go next? I, I got I got something that's that I think is just going to be so on brand for me, even though no one, no listener of this podcast knows who I am. My my favorite theater memory has got to be it, it. It's likely my my first theater memory when I was in fourth grade. My class we we did a play about the Egyptian pharaoh Shepsut, and I insisted on playing the role of the announcer, who was just <laughs> a fourth grader in a suit who kind of like half narrator, half MC of this show. And I remember telling my fourth grade teacher, I wanted to play this role. And he was like, are you sure, Alex? It's, it's a big role. You have like 22 lines. And I, and in my head, I was like, do you know who I am? Of course I'm going to do this. <laughs> How dare you, sir? And I nailed it. It was a perfect show, and uh, no one will ever see it. But I was the greatest fourth grader in a suit talking about a dead Egyptian pharaoh that you've ever seen. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Igor, you bring us home with this. What is your favorite oh. memory? I've got two, if that's all right. One of them will be, like, every tech we've ever had for Fresh Out the Box. Because something, like... <laughs> hilarious always happens the one i'm thinking about right now is we we just finished doing uh tech for this one sketch and it's <laughs> the the blackout's going a bit longer than it needs to and i look at toy and i'm like you look like peter griffin <laughs> and I, just like a bust out laughter from everyone in, in fairness okay i was wearing a white button down shirt and i was wearing glasses i, I want to make that so clear i'm <laughs> i'm a big yeah. guy peter griffin the outfit accentuated it <laughs> I'm like you look like Peter Griffin, and it was just like laugh as like the lights go out. Like it, there's always something hilarious happening. And the second one's like a bit more like intimate and sappy. I I work as an usher in classic stage company in 14th Street, and one of my favorite shows they were putting on. Well, it, it was my favorite show when I saw it. Was called A Man of No Importance, and I think it, it, it's about a, it's about this dude named Alfie Byrne, who is closeted and queer. And the whole like premise of his character is he's he's getting older and he wants to make something like amazing. He wants to like leave a mark in like the theater world because like the his his the people he admire has and he's like still stuck in this town. So I guess watching that show, like it gave me like I I don't know, it gave me this weird epiphany of like, oh shit, like I'm I, I'm kinda like Alfie Byrne in like in a in a sense of like I'm queer and I feel I'm running out of time, even though I'm like 25, like I've, we have so much time left. It just like, and it was, it was in a, it was in a time in my life where I wasn't sure if like I was even cut out for like acting or theater or anything like that. So to see like such a, a powerful show, like kind of like personify my problems and then just to go back to fresh thought the box and then like, and do this show and just feel like vindicated about like, my my choices and what I want to do in life at every turn just feels like 
important and yeah again sappy but i think those are like my favorite theater memories love those those are wonderful i love all of those memories thank you all so much for sharing them with just the last couple of minutes we have i have two final questions and the first being do any of you have any other projects or productions coming in the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you I think we hit the big one already. Luckily, you've got, you've got four members of Fresh Out the Box right here. And our next show is February 23rd. So please come. That's it's at the, the Planners Theater. Yep. That's the big follow one for us, us. Follow us on Instagram, Fresh Out the Box Instagram. You will get all our updates out there. Uh, what else? <laughs> you know what, personal plug? Follow me on Instagram, E-G-O-R-E-K-I-N-G. <laughs> King. I'm going to start streaming. So follow me, E G O R E K I N G King on Twitch. That's it. Sorry. <laughs> well, that leads to my final question, which, Igor, you've, you've kind of jumped onto already, which is perfect. Oh, damn. That is, if our listeners would like more information about Bloody Fintown or about any of you or about Fresh Out the Box, maybe they'd like to reach out to any of you, how can they do so? I think, Igor, you mentioned you are on Instagram at Igor King, E-G-O-R-K-I-N-G. I'm on Instagram, E-G-O-R-E-K-I-N-G, Igor King. My email is in the uh, description and everything. I do... I do acting, I do voiceover. Yeah, if you want me for anything, let hit me up. And I'm also in Fresh Out the Box. I think I remember my Insta, I think, which is JP underscore Sorrell. I usually just also repost the Fresh Out the Box stuff on my Twitter. You can follow Gene at GeneMorgan123 on Instagram. That's GeneMorgan123 on Instagram. Ask me any questions about Bloody Fintown or Fresh Out the Box. I'd be more than happy to answer them. And I suppose I'm left. So feel free to follow me. My personal Instagram, if you so choose, is at Old Man Beefy. <laughs> I, I post mostly, mostly things about food. I, I'm I'm a a home cook in my uh, in my personal life. I also, and I'm the only one in this room qualified to say it. I'm the one who runs the Fresh Out the Box Instagram. So if you have any questions about Fresh Out the Box, you can send a message to that account, and you know what guy will be on the other end. I have one. Oh, the Fresh Out the Box Instagram is uh, it's at Fresh Out the Box Comedy. I we never said it. <laughs> oh yeah. Huh? I have one small thing to promote, which is me and some other friends have a small movie review page. We are AF1 Media. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. I think I don't remember the Insta handle, but yeah, even if you just find the Facebook, just <laughs> AF1 Media. It's, it stands for All for One Media. I just wrapped up what I thought was at least for me the year-end review list for 2023 there were a few that i missed well gene joshua igor and alexander thank you all so much for taking the time to stop by thank you for the laughs all the laughs this has been wonderful and thank you for this great show that all of you have created and put on bloody fin town this has been wonderful chatting with you so thank you so much for your time today well, thank you so much thanks for having us or it was it was it was a pleasure being on, and I wish you nothing but the best of luck editing it into something listenable. My guests today have been the playwright and director of the show Bloody Fintown, Gene Morgan, and the performers from the show, Joshua Sorrell, Igor Reyes, and Alexander Toy. 
They're all also part of the great sketch comedy group Fresh Out the Box, which has a wonderful show upcoming on February 23rd on the main stage at the Players Theater, which you should definitely check out. We'll have more information about all of these events, as well as some contact information for our guests listed on our episode description, as well as in our social media post. But make sure you stay tuned to all of them as well for upcoming production information regarding this great show, Bloody Fintown. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez, reminding you to... Turn off your cell phones. Unwrap your candies. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our website for all things Stage Whisper and theater. You'll be able to find merchandise, tours, tickets, and more. Simply visit stagewhisperpod.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.